Welcome to the Global Church Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Jim. It's uh, good to be with you again. Yeah. We're uh, both getting ready to go on trips. Yeah. And, uh, so you're going to be taking off on Thursday. Right. Yep. No, Friday. 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 Okay. Yeah. And heading to Thailand. Heading to Thailand. All right. Share with our listeners a little bit. Uh, some may not know that that's a, a place where you and your wife, Annette, uh, went a while back and mm-hmm. got, got to use you for for quite a quite a ministry there. So just give us some a uh, little bit of a little bit of a background of you all there. Yeah, we were we arrived in Thailand uh, January first, nineteen eighty nine. Okay. Um, we were uh, missionaries with New Tribes Mission. Our oldest Daniel was a year and a half at the time, and Joel was three months old, and um, went to Thailand as yeah full time missionaries. Um, spent our first. 14 months in Bangkok uh, learning Thai and during that time the it, the field committee the leadership on the field um, who you know it's their role to oversee the field and determine what works new tribes is going to work with and that kind of thing um, they began to present to us as they got to know us through our time of language study learning Thai um, just works tribal groups that they thought you know would be a good option for us Mm -hmm. and uh, they presented a couple to us towards the um, you know end of our language time and and um, we made some trips out and visited did a little survey that type of thing and and uh, just as we were praying about it just believe that God was leading us to work with the poker in okay so once you got in working with the uh Working with the poker in, yeah. Um, God led you to a certain village, right? And then um, did you have to learn another language? Yep. Just learning Thai. Were you able to go in and like you know what? What did that process look like once you once the village was established, the location? Yeah, we um, so when we determined we were going to work with the Karen, we moved up to the area that the Karen reside okay. in. It was a town called Masadiang. It's uh, about fifty kilometers from the Burma border, um, and the Masadiang is surrounded by the Po Karen. They live in various villages in the different mountain ranges around there, and it's a large people group, um, three hundred thousand, something like that. Mm. Um, and so there's many villages. There were other organizations working with them in some areas. Um, and so we actually, while we were living in that town, making surveys, trying to decide on the village to move into, we actually began to learn Pokeren because uh, the Pokeren language is totally different from Thai. Okay. okay. I mean, it's like, it's like English and Spanish. I mean, it's totally two different languages. And... Thai, you know, at that time, uh, in the village we ended up moving into, Maype, uh, there were some, a few guys that had gotten out enough and had enough um, exposure to Thai culture and uh, coming to town for things that um, they had learned Thai. And so we were able to use Thai as the bridge to begin learning Pokeren. And um, we studied Pokeren. I studied Pokeren for four or five years before I actually began the teaching. Mm-hmm. So, so <clears throat> once, once you learned 
you know, learn poker in right. and, um, and began to, to, to teach, uh, what did that look like in yeah. terms of the teaching? Uh, like, where did you start? Did you start in the book of John? Uh, did you start in the book of Romans? Like what did, where did the, where do you start teaching and, um, kind of what did that look like? Yeah, this is, this is where I was very thankful that I was a part of New Tribes Mission. Um, you know, I was just in my early 20s at the time, and um, yeah, I really wouldn't have known, you know, where to begin with these people. Mm. Um, honestly, up to that point, I had never even really discipled anybody. Okay. Um, and so, but New Tribes Mission back in the 80s had realized um, that, you know, up to that time, they had their approach to uh, evangelizing people and establishing the church was, you know, they would go in, learn the language and the culture, give the gospel, and then begin teaching, you know, might teach through a book or teach topically, that type of thing. But they, in the, in the mid-80s, they realized that, you know, these people don't have enough of a foundation of the Old Testament. Um, they have many wrong beliefs and misconceptions about about things you know most of them have a creation story mm -hmm. um most of them have some kind of a view of you know of what sin you know sin in quotes is um because as animists as spirit worshipers which is you know that's the type of people that new transmission works with mm -hmm. um they really don't have a concept for sin against a holy God. Their concept of sin is really broken taboos against the spirits. And so here you have these people. So you go in and you learn the language and the culture, and you just begin giving them the gospel. The Son of God came and died on the cross and shed his blood and paid for your sin. Well, their idea of sin is broken taboos against the spirits. They don't understand sin against the holy God. Mm. So they're not even really grasping their own need mm -hmm. and so uh it was in the mm -hmm. mid 80s that new tribes began to realize you know these people that here we have these churches that mm -hmm. exist in some of these places and it just seems like these people really aren't clear in the gospel mm -hmm. and there was one of the uh a missionary from australia in new tribes trevor McElwain, that god just inspired him to you know i think i need to go back to the beginning mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. teach you know, from the beginning, who God is and what God's like and where man came from and how we became sinful. Hmm. Um, and so that would, that would help to undo what, like, uh, the possibility of the syncretism. Exactly. Where they have their beliefs and then they take what they're taught about the Bible and lay them over that and then believe all of it. Right. So by doing what you're saying, you, you really undo what they believe and really land at the truth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a, a couple really cool examples of how that worked, um, you know, in our teaching of the Po Karen. Um, again, the Karen are animus. They're, you know, they follow spirits. They worship spirits. Um, they're, they're afraid of the spirits of the dead. Um, they have burial grounds. And, and so when someone dies and it's time to bury a body, you know, they don't, they don't even like going to the burial ground as mm. a group of men in broad daylight you know they're just and when they come back they have all these different rituals and ceremonies things they have to do to make sure that they're not bringing bad spirits back into the village mm -hmm. they're just so afraid of the spirits and 
and so when it came time for me to begin teaching chronologically and that's that's how we began we began with what we call creation of christ and and it does just that it begins at the beginning and it progressively teaches through the old testament laying these important foundations that Mm. need to be in place for people to understand the gospel so that when you get to the gospel they understand they they understand um that they were you know they were sit there sinful they know how they became a sinner they know there's nothing they could do about it they know that god has has done something about it and that is you know through sending mm. his son and dying on the cross and so they're just really clear on all the yeah. important aspects uh of understanding the gospel but when i got to um just the the fourth lesson in our chronology was about lucifer and the and the okay. angels okay and how god you know created them perfect created them as angels um and how through rebellion lucifer became satan and those that followed him became the demons and Klaus gong who's now uh one of the main church leaders in the church mm-hmm. um that night i mean all all he had heard before that lesson was three lessons mm-hmm. you know about mm-hmm. about god the bible you know some about you know just beginning yeah, creation yeah. because creation really begins with god creating the all the spirit beings all the angels and that night he stood up and he said you know that now he understood uh how satan came to be and that he's just a created being and he you know he was originally created perfect and upright and and he he became who he is through judgment which proves that he's inferior to god hmm. And all these angels were followers of him, and and they've just they've been they've been judged. They are who they are today mm-hmm. because they've been judged. And he said, "I'd be I would no longer be afraid to go." Wow. I, he said, "I would go spend the night in the burial ground," is what he said. <laughs> yeah, which is, I mean, nobody yeah. would even yeah. think of that. And so, yeah. it's a it's a classic example of of when people are taught foundationally, it it the truth pushes out the wrong beliefs. Right. And right. when, when you don't teach that, those wrong beliefs remain. They'll learn some truths, but they'll mix the truths with wrong beliefs, and then that's when you have syncretism. Yeah, yeah. he was already beginning mm-hmm. to find himself free. Right. Not even saved yet. Right. That, that's, yeah. That's awesome. Right. Yeah, he was he was believing yeah. the truth as he was hearing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So he taught through uh, creation of Christ. Right. And then unfold for us. Uh, like what the teaching looked like, uh, like what you taught uh, progressively, and then how long did it take? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what did that process look like? Yeah. And so we, um, <clears throat> we, at that time, we had five families in our village who had left the spirit worship, and they were meeting on Sundays, and they were calling themselves Christians. They weren't Christians. Um, and so when I began the teaching... I, th- this group of Christians, they, they would meet on Sundays in someone's house, and they would sing, they would sing hymns, the, the Baptists, American Baptists, who worked with the Karen in another, uh, another area, another group of villages, they had years ago, had, or years prior, they had um, translated a hymn book, and, and so those hymn books got spread around, and, and, you know, these people in our village had one, and they had learned a lot of those mm-hmm. songs, and so they would meet on Sundays and they would sing, uh, they would sing and they would pray, and mm-hmm. that's all that they knew to do. 
And so when it came time for me to begin the teaching, I specifically did not did not begin the teaching on Sundays with them in their group because to the rest of the village, you know, these people were calling themselves Christians. They weren't. But to the rest of the village, the unbelievers, they viewed them as Christians. That's what, that's who Christians are. That's what Christians do. The ones who sing and meet on Sunday. Right. And so had I began our, our teaching with that group, for anyone else to come, they would have had to first make the decision, I want to leave mm. the spirits because to be a part of this group, I have to choose to become a Christian. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't want them to right. think that. Sure. And so... Yeah we had a government school in our village. And so I asked for permission from the Thai school teachers if we could um, use their one of the rooms uh, to have a meeting. And we, um, we began meeting three, three evenings a week um, at night in the middle of the week at the school. Okay. And the school is kind of at a, at a central uh, place in the village and because our village is kind of broken up into two different sides and had we held it just on one side then people from the other side mm -hmm. probably wouldn't have come at night so this was a kind of it was a neutral spot yeah, in the middle yeah spot where everybody would feel welcomed and invited to come right mm -hmm. yeah and and so that's how we began the teaching and it took about three months to get through 70 chronological lessons beginning from the beginning and working my way to the gospel. Okay. Yeah. And then when I got to the gospel, um, that night we had five or six people that we believe genuinely got mm. saved. Awesome. And, and, um, and then I began meeting with them, uh, cause we still had this group of people which had grown, uh, that were meeting on Sundays and calling themselves Christians. Mm -hmm. And so now these guys were Christians. This group meeting on Sundays, they're still not Christians. And the guys that were Christians, they weren't meeting on Sunday mornings and, and, and singing. You were meeting with them during the week at the school. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so then this group that had just gotten saved, I was meeting with them during the week for two, for two different purposes. One was to help them prepare to reteach the Creation of Christ lessons that I had just taught them okay. through with the group on Sundays. And then the second was to just continue to teach them through the next set of lessons, which was positioned in Christ. Okay. And then we moved on to Acts and Romans and on through the epistles. Mm. And, you know, all together, um, all together we lived in the village 11 years. And so... Um, you know, four of those years were in language study, and then the remaining seven uh, were in uh, teaching and discipleship. Right. And right. when we moved out, the, it was really the uh, three three of those first uh, few believers that had gotten saved that had really become the leaders of the church. Mm. And today, one of them is the main pastor, but all of them are leading right. together. And yeah. They've been planting churches in other villages and evangelizing and and raising up other leaders in right. their own church. And right. So, yeah. Awesome. So God used you guys, you and Annette, and um, others as well. Right. Um, to uh, to uh, establish that church. So um, and the churches in that area. So when was the last time that you were there? Yeah, last time we were there was almost two years ago. Um, it was February um, 
Okay. No. 18. So yeah. then um, obviously that church and the other churches in that area are they're they're established they're not dependent upon you guys anymore they're not leaning on you guys anymore they're not saying that hey you know we need you guys to come and teach they're they're self-sufficient they're self-supporting they're they're on their own established churches talk to us about that yeah yeah in our um in our global missions booklet um that we have at various places around the church um on page five we have a description of our four stages of involvement that we have with each church and you know it begins with teacher discipler moves on to co-worker then consultant and peer um and the the Pokeren Church, they're very much in the consultant slash peer stage, um, and so they're you know they're they're really at a place where I mean they themselves are raising up leaders, they themselves are uh, able to draw alongside of other pastors and pass on to them the same teaching that we you know have mm-hmm. given to them through mm-hmm. the years. Um, they're planting other churches. Um, they really don't need us to come and teach them anything else. I mean, when we go, we'll, yeah, sure. I'll definitely do some teaching. Right, and, right. But it's more for the purpose of encouragement yeah. than it is establishment. Right, right. Because um, they're very established. <clears throat> yeah. So it's interesting because you guys lived in the village for 11 years. Right. You lived in Thailand for 17. Is that right? Right. So if I think about myself living somewhere and being amongst a people group for 11 years, obviously I would make very good friends. Right. And I know that you and Annette and, uh, and even your family mm-hmm. has made great friends yeah. uh, with the, uh, you know, the folks in the village and, you know, believers or, or non-believers, you know, yeah. just, just people in the village. And so they, they, they called and they, they've asked you to come back for a visit uh, this December and you're heading there Friday. Right. So. Yeah. 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 They're, they're having a giant Christmas celebration and it's huge. Um, they'll, be, they'll invite villi- uh, believers from many different villages yeah. and it'll be, it'll, it'll really be a display. It'll really be a testimony to the unbelievers, mm-hmm. you know, in the village. And yeah. And so they, you know, it'd been almost two years since we've been there and they wanted to specifically know if, if yeah. Annette and I could come right. for it. And, right. um, right. So, yeah, it's it's going to be really, really encouraging to us. And, you know, Annette had grown very close with the ladies there, had spent, yeah. <clears throat> you know, a lot of time with them. Sure. Delivered, <clears throat> yeah. delivered some of their babies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's there's always... <clears throat> There's always a lot of tears, you know. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes time to leave again. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've actually had the opportunity of being there yeah. in the same village and uh, visiting uh, that village, and um, and it's a it's a it's a great spot to see to see what God's done and to see the work that He's done. Us in the states, you know, we have friendships and we have relationships with people. Right. You know, imagine, you know had I lived somewhere for 11 years and I made a lot of great special friends and, and I, that was on the, the West coast. And now I live in Virginia here on the East and I go back there and visit those people. It would be, it would be a great, a great time. 
but that have the element where God used you guys to bring them to faith in him and yeah. to establish the church there. That adds an element that, um, that and have a whole people group like that, a village. Uh, yeah. That adds an element that not many of us here in the States necessarily would get to experience. Right. And so know that you're heading over there Friday yeah. to have a number of days uh, with them. Right. So that's exciting. and. Look forward to hearing more about it and what the time was like yeah. when you guys get back. Right. Yep. So, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll, both you and I will be gone next week. Right, yeah, so no no podcast next week. Yeah, yep. but we'll get together again when we're back and, right. and uh, kind of share some of the stories and highlights and testimonies right. from, from our trips yeah. when we're back together. So I leave Friday, and um, and then you leave Monday. I leave Monday. And you're going to Malawi. Right. And um, yep. you're going to meet Cedric Chippendale there right. from South Africa. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so as we as we have been making trips to African countries, um, we often invite Cedric to join us. Well, what's the purpose of that? Yeah, the purpose is <clears throat> so that Cedric can be with us to, number one, help in the teaching. Um, it's when we go there on these trips, it's, it's, it's a full array of teaching like mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we start at nine in the morning we teach till noon and take a break. And then we go back in the afternoon. It's, it's, it's a huge, uh, you know, amount of teaching. So, and you, and you have jet lag, <clears throat> have jet lag. Yeah. <laughs> so normally when we go, you know, oftentimes we've gone together. Yeah. And so there's three of us teaching this time there's, there's going to be two, but, um, that, that'll be fine. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get through it fine. The other, it's it's a great help to us, but then also, you know, Cedric can be with us in terms of we, you know, we started with uh, this the Chichewa group, and we started with creation of Christ, and then we went to position in Christ, and then we went to Acts and Romans, and then starting next week, we're going to teach through Ephesians. So it's also been good, you know, for Cedric to be with us to go through the whole process. Right. And so it's interesting, as we think about Thailand, mm-hmm. which is what you know, you just described and your uh, 11 years of being in the village, seven years of specifically teaching and uh, teaching th- through that, that process, beginning with the creation of Christ. And now you have, now you see the established church, which you're going to leave on Friday to go spend time with again. Mm-hmm. And that's really the same goal with the Chichewa right. pastors, these Chichewa churches that we are working with. Right. And like Scott mentioned, like you mentioned, um, you know, the the folks that you're with and, and poker in, yep. you know, they're down here at the peer consultant peer group because they have been taught because they have been established and their church is 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 on its own. Right. Where we are with the Chichewa group in Malawi is we're at the, the teacher discipleship level where we are still going over there and having to you know teach them through. The lessons, which is right. exactly what you did mm-hmm. um, all those years back uh, in Maypay, right. you know, with with the Northern Northern Poker Inn, mm-hmm. and so specifically, I think we might have mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but specifically, we're going to teach through Ephesians. So that'll be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week. We'll go through Ephesians, and as we progress, we're actually going to ask some of the uh, translation team if they will begin to teach some of the lessons. Mm-hmm. And so the goal there is to begin to have have them doing this on their own 
just like you know in Maypay with Pokerin, obviously mm-hmm. you worked yourself out of a job because you're here, mm-hmm. you're not still there. So, so some of these pastors, <clears throat> some of these Chichewa pastors, um, I mean most of them all, they they've not only been Christians for many years, but they've been pastors, pastoring churches for a number of years. Right. So what? Describe what what has been the cause of of I mean this is really the first time that we're asking them to participate yeah. with us in the teaching to help actually help teach the lessons that we're you know we're teaching to them that they're going to be teaching to their churches. So what just why has it been so slow to get them involved? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that the same thing has happened. Same thing that we have here in the states mm-hmm. is um, is we have uh, there. There's lots of uh, people that come from legalistic backgrounds mm-hmm. and have not come from a, a background where they have good teaching mm-hmm. that that's biblically based, that is faith based, that is grace based, that is where the teaching is presented to them uh, chronologically, systematically, and progressively. Right. And uh, we you know we struggle with that same uh, the same problem here in the States right. uh, in various levels in different areas. So because they weren't taught uh, chronologically and systematically and progressively, mm-hmm. because they weren't uh, taught based on the finished work of Christ, based on grace, based on the walk of faith and God's work for man, mm-hmm. uh, they landed in just uh, you know, a, a state of, of legalism, uh, their efforts to serve God, their efforts to carry out the Christian life, and there just wasn't a good foundation of of Bible understanding. That that's what I really love about what we get to do. Right, is that if people in the states want to um, want to learn more about the Bible, want to go to you know go to Bible school, go to Bible college, go to seminary. There's you know Bible schools and seminaries are they're, they're a dime a dozen in the states. There's right. tons of them, and um, but what we're doing like in in Maypay, that's right. that's a remote area, right? Um, <clears throat> and what we're doing in in Malawi with the Chichewa, I mean these guys are farmers, mm-hmm. and they're working in their fields and they're they're working in rural areas. So we get the chance to draw alongside these guys that don't have the opportunities like mm-hmm. what we have right. here in the States. Right. And then not only do they not have the opportunities, but then we get to teach them like what you're describing was so beneficial to the poker in. Mm. We get to start in the beginning and teach foundationally and teach chronologically and teach progressively, which is very, very, very helpful to mm. lay the foundation as we move forward. I think it would be beneficial if there were more of that in, in the states. Right. If we just, yeah. If we just uh, sure. saw the benefit and the value of, uh, it's been been a great mm-hmm. uh, help to me and blessing in my own life. You know, even after years of growing up as a Christian, I, I once I saw things that way, it was very beneficial. Yeah. So that's what we're doing with the with the Chichewa. Yeah. And uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll be teaching. Cedric and I will be teaching through Ephesians. And then um, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we'll sit with the translation team and we will uh, go through the, um, the first Corinthians lessons because that's what we will, we'll, we'll, that's what we'll be taught next. Mm-hmm. And again, the idea is us having to do less of it and them doing more of it on their own so right. that as the poker in, 
are now are independent of you going over there all the time. Um, the Chichewa will be independent of us going over there and doing it all the time. They, they'll be able to uh, just carry out the work of the ministry over there in Malawi mm-hmm. on their own. So, so as we're making trips over there and meeting with these guys and teaching and passing the lessons on and all like that, um, you know, we're not able to be there when they're actually out teaching their churches and to be able to actually see and hear what they're teaching. So how is evaluation being done? How are we, you know, figuring out when we can back off our trips and they don't need us to come as much and, and you know, the, the, when, when we know that they're ready to progress to the next stage of our involvement and next stage and next stage, how, how are those evaluations being done? Yeah. So one of the main things that we do in terms of uh, evaluate is to let them teach themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what we're going to do uh, this time uh, next week as we're going through Ephesians. We're going to have them teach uh, some of the lessons so that we will actually be able to hear what they're teaching. Right. And so um, you'll what somebody understands when, when somebody teaches it, then you you'll be able to know for the most part they understand it. Right. And so you have to be able there has to be some comfort level and understanding that somebody has in order for them to be able to 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 teach it mm-hmm. and um, so once we hear them teaching uh, principles on the finished work of Christ principles upon who who we are in Christ mm-hmm. and grace and faith and and, and and all the spiritual wealths that are laid out in Ephesians, you know, if we hear them articulating those things mm-hmm. when they are teaching themselves next week, then um, then that'll that will help to begin to communicate those things to us, like yeah. what you're asking. Yeah, you know, um, what you said a minute ago about um, just the the background, you know, that most of these folks are coming out of legalism, background of legalism. And, you know, I think we are here in the States as well. Um, Just jogged a um, kind of a testimony in my mind, the the Koran, almost every time. So so the Koran, our our church where we worked, it was a pocket of about 25 villages. and, And then in other areas, there were you know, there's some groups of, you know, it quotes believers, because I think it's some of them genuinely understand the gospel and are saved, but many, because they're not taught foundationally and progressively, I question what, how clear the gospel really is. Um, I'm not saying it's not clear for everyone, but right. I, think it, I think it isn't for some. Um, but so it's questionable how clear the gospel is. But then when you move on from the gospel and move into, you know, the Christian life and what the Christian life is about and even baptism, one time, uh, you know, so our village Maypay is up on a ridge and it's, and you can look across this valley and a four hour walk away, see these other villages on this other hillside. And, and I remember one year, um, some evangelists, um, indigenous evangelists from an organization, um, came through that village, you know, proclaiming the gospel, um, not in the heart language of our people. It was in the Skalkaran language, which okay. is, uh, it's, it's not, it, it's, it's a totally different language. There are some words that are the same and 
the grammar is the same and um and they baptized a bunch of people hmm. and about a week later one of our church leaders was over there visiting family he had a sister and family lived over there and found out about some people being baptized so he asked about it and uh you know what why were you baptized and they were like well we don't know they mm-hmm. they said we should be baptized well yeah. well what's baptism for what does it mean right. well they right. didn't know right and and so they've they've had many interactions like that with christians from other areas that haven't been taught the way that they've been taught and and it, and it's i mean it's night and day it's become extremely clear for them the difference and you know the confusion and the misunderstanding that exists when you're not taught foundationally right. when you're not taught right. progressively and many times almost every time we go back they'll say something like you know cuz we'll sit around and we'll just like this we're sure. just we're talking we're right. talking about god we're talking about the finished work of christ we're talking about what he's teaching us and and inevitably one of them will say man we're so we're so glad god sent you to us mm. and not somebody else that mm. you know put us under the law mm-hmm. and i'm quick to you know, remind them that if it wasn't for the grace of God, mm-hmm. I would have come here and put you under the law. Yeah, because that's where I was. I was, you know, in total legalism. And uh, you know, when I was in Bible school, I had this prayer list I had to pray through every night. And then, and you know, I was a security guard at the hospital next to our school and worked third shift and got off just in time to go to class. And so, there's many times I'm laying down to go to sleep and I. You know, I'm falling asleep in the middle of my prayer list mm-hmm. and just feeling, waking <laughs> up and feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how legalistic right. I was right. in my view of the Christian life. And, and uh, you know, to not only be set free from that in my own life and God bring me to the point where I'm free to rest in grace and the finished work of Christ, yeah. but to actually use us to proclaim those truths and see see God using us to set church leaders and pastors and believers in other countries, other languages, other cultures, free, right. free to rest in grace, in the finished work of Christ, the eternal plan of redemption, you yeah. know, that God predetermined and, and, you know, no longer view Christianity as a religion, but being able to live it as a relationship. It's just, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable right that god right. you know could yeah. use us to do that sure. and it's it's all him it's all his doing absolutely yeah yep yeah so you'll be able to be back with them next week yep and uh and i'll be with the uh, with cedric and the chichewa group uh next week as well and uh i'm looking forward to, to being with with these guys as well the group that i'm with um you speak poker and so mm-hmm. you'll be able to speak to the whole group there right the group that I'm going to be with, uh, the translation team, are the are the guys that speak English, or the ones that do the translation for us. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm looking forward to having that time with them. Uh, uh, after we finish Ephesians, we'll all be together and walking through First Corinthians, and, and it gives us more time to just be together, you know, mm-hmm. without the whole big group, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of some one-on-one small group time, spending time with them, talking and visiting and fellowshipping and studying and you know we'll talk about what god's doing in our lives mm-hmm. and the very same thing you know just growing in grace understanding more of, of what he's done for us so mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to time with uh with john and james and michael and those guys over there as well yeah yeah, yeah. amen yeah yeah this it's one of the 
core values of our missions program yep. is enduring relationships. Right. And although we're functioning in a way where we're not living on site with them the way that we did with the Pokhoran in Thailand, we still develop those relationships, sure. don't we? Absolutely. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and even though yep. we come and go and they come and go because we have them come right. here sometimes, um, yep. there really is a bond of a unity a oneness that grows right we really really do grow to love one another right yeah yep and um yeah like specifically uh john who is who's from uh he's from nigeria but he's a he's a missionary to malawi mm-hmm. um he went back to nigeria there they had a baby in nigeria and now they've gone back to malawi their house where they were living in uh in in malawi there um, was broken into while they were gone. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a difficult going back to back to Malawi. So we know that God uses trials, tribulations, you know, and sufferings in our life for our growth. And um, so I'm looking forward to being with him for these number of days to talk through, you know, what it, it is that God's doing in his life by going back to Malawi and mm-hmm. having to face his hardship with them um, having to trust the Lord where his house was broken in and all the stuff was taken. Yeah. And so that's, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. That's tough. And it really is a discipleship relationship. Right. Exactly. We're not only yeah. teaching them the truth, but we're, we're also, I mean, even though we're not there day in and day out, still we have the opportunity to go back and spend time with them and, you know, go through some of these situations together with right. them and point them to the truth. And right. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I also wanted to remind folks of um, this past Sunday, we just be in our adult learning center class, second hour okay. uh, on Sunday. We just began a new missions class. Um, we're calling it um, Global Missions from God's Perspective. And, um, and it has um, three main points or outline points to the class. Um, just looking at missions from God's perspective um, begins with a biblical perspective. And so this first, this past Sunday, uh, I taught. Next Sunday, you'll be teaching. Uh, the following Sunday, Mike Thomas will be teaching. Um, but uh, this past Sunday, it was the, the main focus was defining the eternal purpose of God and just establishing the fact that before the foundations of the earth, you know, in the heart of God, God predestined, predetermined. There's, and we looked at it a number of different passages. Some say He foreordained, He predetermined, He predestined, He promised. Uh, the you know the the eternal plan of redemption, mm-hmm. the gospel, and just the fact that that you know what we're involved in today, missions, and and really when you think about what is missions, you know. What's the focus of missions? Well, it's it's evangelism and discipleship. Right. You know, what's the focus of any other ministry of the church? You know, it's evangelism and discipleship. Those are our two main purposes in ministry. And so the only difference then between, you know, missions and any other ministry in the church is the geographical location. Right. And And many times we've said that. You know, missions, it, it, it's a mindset. Right. It's not a geographical location. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so in this day and age, it's very easy for us to be taken up with our plans, our strategies, mm-hmm. 
our structures, you know, the, the programs that we put in place for evangelism and, and yeah. uh, uh, discipleship to take place. Um, many times, you know, I, I feel like we, we pray as if, you know, we're the ones that have the burden for the lost and we've got to convince God to have a burden to reach these people or to have a, you know, to have a burden for the, to reach these people as well. Well, it's just really important to establish this fact that, you know, all this began in the heart of God before anything even existed. Right. Right. And that was the the purpose of the first class. And then we're going to go on Mm -hmm. to continue to focus on that biblical perspective being that it, all this has begun and created and pre- predestined and predetermined. I mean, why why am I going to Thailand Friday and you going to Malawi on Monday? Mm-hmm. Because God predetermined an eternal plan of redemption before right. the foundations of the earth, right. and Jesus came and fulfilled it in the right. Gospels. Right. I mean, that's that's, right. that's why these things are taking right. place. And so it begins with Him. Yeah. yeah. In order for us to have a right perspective of ministry, a right perspective perspective of missions, we got to understand. Right. This begins in the heart of God. That's right. That's right. And so, yeah, the class will be going on for another 10 or 11 weeks. And so would just like to encourage folks, anyone that may not already be committed to attending uh, an adult learning center class on Sunday. At 1045. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it would be, it'd be great to have you. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like the idea of just thinking that missions, missions originates with God. Mm. And so many times we think about missions as missions as people going to, you know, people going to reach people, mm-hmm. and which is true. I mean, people do go to reach people when we think about missions, but missions is God's work, and He uses people, and mm-hmm. so we have to we have to see it that that mission is about God, you know, reaching right. people. Well said that if it wasn't for His heart. Uh, for people, then you would have never gone to Thailand, right. and I certainly wouldn't no. be going to Malawi next week if it weren't for God and His desire to see people reach. Right. Uh, many times we say uh, throughout all the years of missions here, you know, we just want to see where is it that God's working. Amen. And and we just want to be led by Him to where it is that He's working because this is His work. Yep. It's not about me saying, hey, this is what I think we should go do, or you saying, this is what I think we should go do, or our missions team thinking, hey, this is what I think we should go do. It's, you know, what is God doing? Yeah. And um, just being open to be led to, you know, what it is that God's doing. It's, yeah. it's His work. Yep. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for being with us uh, today. And between now and when we see you again, we will have traveled a lot of miles. Yeah. And uh, so we'll catch you in two weeks. And we would appreciate you praying for us. Yeah. And and for the folks we'll be meeting with. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.